there has been a trend in some countries in the Middle East whereby power no longer comes from one source and we are seeing uh, different uh, sub-state militias emerge in, in many contexts that are also, again, impacting on freedom of expression because the threat is less less known. I should say, however, that within that, we are also seeing a number of very exciting, innovative platforms emerging within that. This is Instant Coffee, a new podcast brought to you by the LSE Middle East Centre and produced by me, Nadine Almanaspi. And me, Ribal Sleiman Haider. On this episode, Sandra's Fair talks to Aydal Qaisi about the growth of independent media in Iraq in the age of disinformation. Sandra is Projects Manager at the LSE Middle East Centre. One of the many projects she coordinates is Iraq and MENA research for the Conflict Research Programme. Ida is a media development consultant and researcher who focuses on supporting ethical practices in the media industry, especially in the Middle East and Iraq. Over to you, Sandra. Hi, Ida. So nice of you to join me for an instant coffee. How are you? Hi, Sandra. I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. Now, you're a woman of so many hats. I thought we could start by talking a bit about your work as a media reform advisor. You've worked on projects in Jordan, Palestine, Iraq, and other places. Tell us about some of the projects you've been involved with. So I began working as a media development advisor about 10 years ago on a um, project in Jordan, which looked at um, reforming the state broadcaster into some form of public service um, entity. Um, I did a big feasibility study looking at uh, governance, um, in the sort of institutional protocols and structures, editorial journalism, the relationship between the broadcaster and the state. And I really enjoyed that type of work and decided that that was an avenue I wanted to pursue. I then went to work um, for BBC Media Action, which is the international development charity of the BBC. Um, they work uh, globally on projects to support independent um, and free media. I worked for five years on a project in Iraq, which um, began in 2013, 10 years after the invasion of Iraq by the Coalition Provision Authority, which looked at the media structures that were created by the CPA in 2003 um, and looked at the processes, the legislation, the, again, governance structures of um, the public broadcaster that was created, looked at what wasn't working um, and where the challenges were arising. And we spent five years working on a number of different um, aspects of those institutions uh, to really understand how those media institutions could be relevant to the nuances of Iraq and represent the the diversity and nuance of the Iraqi nation. Since then, um, I've worked on a number of media development projects, some of which explore supporting um, better, more independent content and editorial practices. In Palestine, we did some work looking at um, introducing youth programming to the public service broadcaster. In Syria, I've done some work with um, some of the professional organizations that have been set up outside of um, Syria to support the exiled and diaspora media that are working on Syria. I worked on a uh, a number. I've worked on a number of projects in Iraq. Again, obviously in Mosul, 
looking at how the media can play a better role in rebuilding Mosul and looking at some of the issues around uh, transitional justice um, and how the media are covering that. I've done a lot of work on gender in the media in Iraq and I did a big, again, piece of research looking at gender representation, both in content in the Iraqi media, but also in Iraqi newsrooms. So the sort of media reform, media development world is very diverse, um, but it is very much about supporting independent free media through uh, developing better, stronger, independent structures, but also seeing how that translates into more accurate and impartial content. Building on the conversation about independent and free media, I wanted to get you to touch on freedom of expression and the media in the MENA region. So much has been said about how the 2011 uprisings were a catalyst for new media initiatives in the region and how that led to the democratization of the public sphere. But at the same time, we've also seen a push in the opposite direction with constant crackdowns on freedom of expression that have gotten worse over the years. In a post-2011 MENA region, can you um, talk about some of the challenges affecting freedom of expression and independent media? Since 2011, we have seen a huge crackdown across the MENA region on independent media and um, freedom of expression. I think that's actually be part of a sort of global trend, if you like, um, where we're seeing the media under attack in Western democracies or alleged Western democracies. Countries such as the US, even the UK, Eastern Europe, who have also gone through a similar transition in terms of their media over the last 20 to 30 years to the one that we've seen in the MENA region. So I think there are a few different problems at play. There has been a global trend um, towards uh, declining trust in the media, and we've seen politicians jump on that and use that as a way to undermine um, the media that are calling them to account and exposing some of the corruption that we're seeing in the political class. If we look at the MENA region, there are there are a number of other issues that are also impacting on the ability um, of independent media to perform um, their work and produce independent, accurate, fourth estate media, if you like. Uh, the lack of funding um, and the uh, lack of independent finances um, is also having an impact. And that is seeing media, therefore, in some cases, having to turn to funding from political parties, oligarchs, businessmen who are associated with political parties. And that, therefore, is creating a very politicised environment that also sees freedom of expression and the space for freedom of expression shrinking even further. There has been a trend in some countries in the Middle East whereby power no longer comes from one source and we are seeing uh, different uh, sub-state militias emerge in, in many contexts that are also again impacting on freedom of expression because the threat is less, less known. It's less about governments cracking down on freedom of expression, but a number of different sources cracking down on freedom of expression. I should say, however, that within that, we are also seeing a number of very exciting, innovative platforms emerging within that. Um, so while 
we are seeing the space for freedom of expression shrink and we are seeing a crackdown. We are also seeing some very interesting narratives um, and content emerge that are challenging the status quo, um, particularly around um, the Panama Papers, for example. There were journalists across the MENA region who worked very closely with the ICIJ, the International Centre for Investigative Journalists, to produce work that exposed corruption in across the MENA region. And that's really exciting. On the topic of fake news and disinformation, now, these are global problems that are clearly not unique to any specific region or country. But I wanted to zoom in slightly on Iraq and get you to talk about what this looks like in the Iraqi context, um, particularly in light of the ongoing COVID pandemic. So what is the history of disinformation in Iraqi media? And how does it play out in the present reality? The history of disinformation in the Iraqi media is a long history. You can go back 50, 60 years, even even longer, and look at some of the propaganda campaigns and the way the media was used as, as a propaganda tool by former regimes, by the Ba'athists, by Saddam Hussein, to perpetuate false narratives in order to remain in power and and really build images, if you like, of, of leaders in a certain way. So I think one of the issues that we see in Iraq is that even though there was this transition in 2003 where we did see the media landscape opened up for pluralism and we saw the growth of a number of different media platforms, television channels, uh, newspapers, etc., for the first time in Iraq, there hasn't been any long-term project work done shifting the mindsets of the Iraqi media away from the sort of PR propaganda purpose, if you like, into um, a media or seeing the media's role as one, which is um, producing content that's in the public interest rather than state interests. And that's a huge issue. And that's where I think some of the issues around disinformation have arisen. This has this has been very evident in the last few months during the COVID-19 crisis. When uh, the pandemic first um, took root in Iraq, although Iraq was in a very different place then, very traditional attitudes were battling against um, state information and information that was coming from the Ministry of Health that was trying to underplay um, what was happening with COVID-19. So on the one hand, we were seeing um, government institutions uh, not providing the right data or accurate information and data to the media. And on the other hand, we were seeing the rise of religious attitudes and traditional attitudes that were, again, ignoring the severity of the pandemic. And the two sort of collided together to really create a sort of storm of disinformation, if you like, um, across the Iraqi media landscape. There is um, a brilliant organization in Iraq called the Iraqi Media House who do a lot of research work um, and media monitoring of the Iraqi media. And they produced a really interesting report that looked at disinformation in the media that had emerged as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic and looked at how that was being used in a very political way. Again, it was playing into this partisan media landscape that we see in Iraq and, and fueling that fire even further. So disinformation is, is a huge issue. Um, there are very few fact-checking organizations um, that work in Iraq. There are very few verification processes officially that take place in newsrooms in Iraq. 
There is a culture for opinion-driven journalism. Um, so outside of that, what we have is press releases and um, information and data that comes from the government. And we don't really see accurate, fact-driven, fact-based reporting emerging um, across the mainstream media landscape. I should also say, though, however, that some of the independent journalists and some of the independent media are trying to combat that by using uh, WhatsApp groups, by sharing photography, information, data with their peers in order to verify whether or not that data and information is correct. I saw some really interesting examples in a particular WhatsApp group, for example, um, a few months ago, um, about two or three months into the COVID-19 crisis, where videos had been circulating of people denying COVID-19. And I saw these videos being shared across a WhatsApp group with a number of journalists asking for the phone numbers of those people, asking for the phone numbers of doctors, asking for the phone numbers of community and religious leaders in order to verify whether or not the content was actually correct. So we are seeing a move and a push against the, the prevalence of disinformation and inaccurate um, information in the Iraqi media. That's really good to know that there are initiatives that are seeking to cut through some of the more opinion-driven journalism and move towards more fact-driven journalism, even if some of that work is being done through um, more unconventional means, i.e. WhatsApp. But connected to this conversation about disinformation, I wonder what you think about writing about the Middle East in a Western context. Often it feels to me like we've been in the same place for years and years of um, breaking news and analysis, orientalist tropes about gender or ancient hatreds between sects. We know how simplistic Western media portrayals of the region have tended to be. Um, but beyond Karl remarks, shaming all the orientalists on Twitter, how can we actually move away from this way of looking at the Middle East and kind of turn the lens inwards and have serious conversations about disinformation and responsible journalism in a, on the Middle East in a Western context? Yeah, you're absolutely right. The way the Western media are reporting on, on the MENA region and Iraq really also needs to be something that we consider in the context of, of ethical and independent reporting. The Western media are still using sectarian and, as you say, orientalist tropes to analyse what's happening um, in our region. And that's, that's a real issue. They're often turning to the same sources and those sources are official. There is an over-reliance on ministerial announcements or, or ministerial sources, if you like, and um, there's not enough focus on telling the story of, of, of the real people. There, there's issue with inaccurate disinformation in the Western media as much as there is in, in the Iraqi media, although we do, you know, we do have verification processes that are a bit more advanced. This also needs to be addressed. We need to see more diverse sources. We need to see um, data taken from a number of different places. We also, I think, you know, we really need to see Western journalists starting to include 
Iraqi media or, or, or MENA media and MENA journalists in their conversations. We need we need to hear the voices of, of Iraqi journalists and, and sort of MENA journalists and find out what their concerns are and get them involved in producing and informing some of the content that we're seeing about the region because that's really important and that's that's not happening at the moment. I think that's something that's really integral to ensuring that um, both sides of, of, the, of the conversation, the West and and MENA are really represented um, and are giving representation in an accurate and fair way. So on the subject of where we as a Western audience get our information about Iraq, about the region, where do we go if we want to move away from a reliance on official sources? Where can we go to find out what's happening on the ground in Iraq and in the wider region? If you wanted to find out news from Iraq and you spoke Arabic, there are a few good places to go. Um, NAS News is a very robust website um, that really includes news, uh, so current affairs news from Iraq and analysis, but also some human interest stories as well. Um, They're very much, they come from a place of this idea of solutions-driven journalism, Um, And they try and address some of the issues and challenges that Iraqis are facing through positive stories and through stories that show how people can overcome uh, against all odds. There are a couple of local or regional uh, radio stations that are also producing great content. So Radio Al-Mirbad. Um, I would also recommend um, Radio Al-Ghad in in Ninwa and Mosul. Again, local, but Uh, covering news about Iraq in a very independent and, again, solutions-driven way. Uh, Kirkuk Now, a fantastic local website um, that's worth exploring, and I believe they might actually have an English uh, version of the website, although I think, again, mostly in Arabic and Kurdish. Um, so there are there are a number of, of websites that are that are that are um, producing some really interesting work covering news and current affairs. There is of course the infamous Al Bashir show, which is political satire and airs on Deutsche Welle Arabic channel. But again, his his Twitter feed, uh, social media, and the show itself um, do deal um, and cover current affairs and news from Iraq in a very um, innovative and interesting way. There is Iraqi news on a number of regional websites as well that are also really interesting to explore. Um, One based in Lebanon called Daraj, um, and they work closely with Iraqi journalists to report on the ground from Iraq. Rasif 22, another website, regional website, 22 for the 22 countries of the um, Arab region. For those that don't speak Arabic, the best... Uh, website to go to, which does produce Arabic and Kurdish content, is Nakash. Um, has um, very um, feature-based investigative pieces that address some of the, the challenges and, and issues that Iraqis are facing on a day-to-day basis. All right, well, thanks so much for your time, Ida. It's always great to talk. And I don't know about you, but I've come away from this feeling quite positive and hopeful, having listened to you talk about the growth of independent media initiatives in the region, and the push against the prevalence of disinformation in Iraq and elsewhere in the region. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra and Ida, for taking the time to speak to us. And thank you for listening to Instant Coffee, your quick fix of everything Middle East. To learn more about Ida's work, follow the links in the podcast description. 
Don't forget to find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next time.